Good morning, everyone. I'll try not to get the crazy eye out this morning that was on the picture, but um, I think I was just more surprised that Adam was trying to do a selfie, to be honest. He's just, you know, so modern these days. He used to have a phone, you had to pour hot water in it to make it work, but now he's got this, oh, he's just, he's, so that's, I was, I was very surprised, but um, really good to see you. I, I don't know about you, I just feel excited about just knowing God and what he's doing um, through this church. And um, when Mark got up to share his word this morning, I, I really felt God speak to me, actually. And um, I had this verse on my heart, really, just before Mark came and shared. And Mark kind of talked about God pursuing you. And in this verse, it's from Romans, the book of Romans, written by the Apostle Paul. It's a letter written to a church in Rome. And he says, and hope does not disappoint us. Hope doesn't disappoint you. You know, sometimes we can be in situations in life and we think like there's no hope. But hope does not disappoint us because, he says, God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom has been given to us. And then he goes on, he says, you see, at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for those who've got it together. No, he didn't say that. He said, Christ died for those who are well-behaved. No, he didn't say that either. He says, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So you don't have to have it together. If you're looking in this morning, saying all these Christians, they seem like very well-behaved people. They've got it all together. No, that's not the case. Christ died for the ungodly. I remember I used to share my testimony and say how I found God. I didn't find God. He found me. He plucked me out of the, the muck and the mire that I was in. He got my attention with a girl who is now my wife. You'll be pleased to hear but he pulled me out. He pursued me. He changed me like that. There were some things that were a bit more progressive, and I'm still progressively changing on some things, but there's some things I just stopped because he pursued me. And I had true godly repentance. I was sorry for what I had, di- had done in my life because I'd done some pretty bad things, some nasty things. But he loved me. He pursued me. Not because I had it all together. He didn't say, come on, Ian. Right, are you going to sort this out? Are you ready? Right, now you're well behaved now. Now I'll accept you. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I accept you as you are. With your problems, with your addictions, with your attitudes. I accept you as you are. You know, if you're here this morning, he accepts you as you are. But he pours out his Holy Spirit into our heart. You know, see, mankind from the beginning of time turned is back on God. They, man wanted to be his own God. And then stuff got in the way, which the Bible calls sin. It stopped us from having this relationship with God. This stuff called sin got in the way. But then God came in the form of a man called Jesus Christ, who knew no sin. He lived the perfect life. He lived the life that we should have lived. 
And, and he died the death that we should have died because we turned our back on God. But God took that sin on himself and left us free to have that relationship. We are free now to have that relationship with Christ if you choose to follow him. Do you want to follow him? I want to follow him. He's changed my life dramatically. It's good to remind yourself as well. Just amazing to hear Caroline being a Christian for 40 years. I am more excited actually about that than her, than her birthday. Actually, I'm excited about her rebirth. 40 years ago, God plucked Caroline out. That's amazing. It's amazing. But that's not really what I'm speaking on this morning. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've got to go on about other things. So... If you are new here, if you've been coming for the last few weeks or the last few months, we've been doing a discipleship series. Because if you're thinking of joining this church, or, um, then it's important that we look at this discipleship. What is a disciple of Jesus? Because we want to be more like Jesus. That's what a disciple is. So this is why it's really key for us to see what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus. We want to follow him. We want to be more like him. Also, as a church, we want to be his witnesses and display the love of Christ to the world. And I don't know about you, but I need help to do that. I need help. That's why it's important that we really try and find out and dig into the scriptures of what a true disciple is. If we're to be his disciples he, and ambassadors, that's what we are, he's, his ambassadors, then we need help from a person. And that person is the Holy Spirit. He's a person, he's not a force. He's not like, you know, Star Wars, feel the force. The force is strong in this one. It's not like that. He's a person that comes to live with inside you. As he came to live inside me about 14 years ago, he slowly changed me from the out, inside out. Well, not so much out. I've still got this face, unfortunately. But he's changed me from the inside. But actually, I say that. When, I, when we've seen people become Christians on Alpha, they visibly change. There's a brightness. There's a life there. Because like Jesus says, I come to give you life and life in all its fullness. And, and they change, visibly change. It's amazing to see. But we cannot do this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Now, my good friend Norman Blows came and spoke a few weeks ago, and he speak, spoke on baptism in the Spirit, and he nicked a bit of what I was going to say, to be honest, but we feel like this is so important as a church that we just want to look over it for the, over the next couple of weeks. This is important to understand that disciples receive, we receive the Holy Spirit, and we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, we see a change, actually, in the disciples in the book of Acts. Acts 1, they're full of fear. They're, they're trembling. They're, they're timid. Acts 2, they're bold and courageous. Why? Because of the person. The person of the Holy Spirit. See, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there are some sections of the church that say this baptism in the Spirit is a first century thing. It died out with the apostles. But if that's true, then I, I don't know what Peter meant when he was 
reading, uh, he was quoting the, the prophet Joel, Acts 2.39. He says, this promise is for you and your children and your children's children and for those who are far off. And Dave Holden spoke about this at Ashburnham this year. He said, we're a lot of children's children's children away. But he said, this is for you, children's children's children, who are far off. We're far off from Jerusalem, aren't we? It's for us, that's why. And I just want to look at it over the next few weeks about what it means to be baptised in the Spirit. How can we do it? So Peter stands up, beginning of Acts 2, quotes Scripture, quotes Scripture from the Old Testament. See, the Holy, the Holy Spirit is not a New Testament phenomenon. Holy Spirit is all the way through Scripture, from the, right from the beginning, as Norman spoke about, from Genesis to Revelation, beginning of the Bible to the end. He's all the way through. And just as a little light relief, so you don't have to look at me and listen to me all, all morning, we're just going to watch a short video that's from Alpha and the Holy Spirit section on that. So, Reuben, if we could just play that. The Holy it's from Spirit. five minutes. I've never four. even really... ...an optional extra either. He's formless, That's it. dark, and the Spirit of go. God... In the beginning, there was God. The earth was empty, formless, dark, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. So there was day followed by night. With each new day came new creation, vast oceans, the vaster sky, the earth green and growing. The Spirit of God, the Creator Spirit, brought out of the chaos of the cosmos. Out of disorder, order. Out of confusion, harmony. Out of deformity, beauty. The cosmos, galaxies, the sun, the moon, and every star. Creatures of every shape and size to swim, fly, and roam the land. Then God created man and woman in his image and breathed life into them. And God sent his spirit upon his chosen people to guide them to give them gifts for a particular time and purpose to fulfill God's work on earth. God sent his spirit upon a man called Bezalel, giving him the gift of creativity and artistic knowledge to craft and shape precious metals and gems into art, into a house for the Lord. The spirit of God came upon Gideon, a weak and fearful man, so he became a brave warrior who saved God's people. Samson who was taken prisoner. God sent his spirit to give him the extraordinary strength to break free from the ropes tied around him. The spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. God filled others with his spirit for prophecy, to be his mouthpiece bringing direction and hope to his people. The spirit came upon Isaiah to bring good news of hope the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Upon Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. 
Through the prophet Joel, we learn who this promise is for and how it will happen. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God's promise was that he would do something new. Not just for particular people at particular times, for particular tasks, but for everyone, all people, regardless of position, age, gender, ethnicity, and race. Then with the birth of Jesus, it was like a trumpet sounded, and everyone surrounding the birth of Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, John the Baptist, and then Jesus at his baptism. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form. Full of the Holy Spirit, he began to teach, heal the sick, bring freedom to the captives, to heal the brokenhearted. So often what happens in the Old Testament in a physical way happens in the New Testament in a spiritual way. As Bezalel was given the skill to craft and design the temple, the Holy Spirit always brings new things to our lives. New attitudes, new desires, new ways of worship, new songs. Whatever you do in your workplace, the Spirit of God wants to fill you with skill, ability and creativity. Like Gideon, God uses people who feel weak, inadequate, ill-equipped. As God's Spirit gave Samson physical strength to break free from his bindings, so today the Holy Spirit brings freedom to break the habits, the addictions, the things that keep people spiritually bound. The Counselor, the Helper, the Gift Giver, the Guide. The Holy Spirit softens our hearts. He takes away our hearts of stone and gives us hearts of flesh. The Holy Spirit who helps us to break free from bad habits also harnesses a desire to love others and to help those in need, the poor, the brokenhearted, the captives. The experience of the Holy Spirit is not only about what is felt, but also about making a difference in the world. He can use you. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, always like to have an opportunity to show little clip of Alpha, really, because that's kind of the quality that it is now. When If you want to invite somebody we're, to the course that we're starting in January the 17th, um, that's, we watch this kind of documentary-style video, and, and you can see the quality of it is really good and, and really well done. But we see that, that, isn't that helpful, just to see the Holy Spirit working all the way through? See, in Samson, as, he, as they said in the book of Judges 15, he was given power and strength. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, that is Samson, in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and bindings dropped from his hand. And they said, didn't they? He said in the video that what we see described in the Old Testament in a physical way is true in the New Testament in a spiritual way. When he, the Spirit came on Samson, he was able to break free. And it can be the same with us, bound by habits or patterns of thought or addictions. When the Spirit of God comes on us and, and he enables us to break free. Sometimes it's obvious things, drug or alcohol addiction. But it can be other things like bad tempers, envy, jealousy, anger, immor immorality. 
something like that. But the Spirit of God wants to set you free. He set me free from the things I was doing. I was able to stop taking drugs overnight. I was able to stop patterns of behavior just like that. I had the combination of the Holy Spirit and Gemma Lettington. And they are a powerful combination. Formidable. It's a powerful combination. Mainly the Spirit of God. I would just want to give God the glory. But with a bit of help from Gemma. Sometimes it can be instant, other times it can be a lifelong process. But the Spirit of God, when he comes upon us, can give us the, the strength to live the kind of lives he wants us to lead. See, God made a promise. The pouring out of his Holy Spirit was a promise of the Father. Jeremiah 31 Verse 33 says, This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. See, under the... The Old Covenant, the the Old Testament, the people of God were given a law and the law was written on tablets of stone. And they tried to live up to those laws, but they couldn't. So God said, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to put it inside of you so you really want to do it. It will come from your heart. And I tried stopping doing things before, before I was a Christian, but... I didn't really want to do it. But this, then this change came. The Holy Spirit was poured into my heart. And I want to live a life that pleases God. Not out of rules and, and wanting to just please. But actually, I, I, I want this relationship because I, I love him. And I want, to, I want him to be pleased with me. And I, it, I can't quite describe it if you don't know him, what it's like. It's difficult to describe, but... I've met the creator of the heavens and the earth. He came and died for me and has changed me from the inside out. Ezekiel 36, 26, I think I did put this one on. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you and I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws it's heart surgery that's what happens when I 14 years ago when I said Jesus I I believe in you come and take first place in my life heart surgery happened that heart of stone was ripped out of me and he put in me a beating heart of flesh He wants to come and live within you and change you from the inside out. The Spirit of God wants to set you free today. He wants to set you free today from patterns of behavior. He wants to free you today from addictions. 
but will you let him? You've got to let him in. See, I changed when, when I made that decision and then uh, probably a year or so later, I was what we call baptised in the Holy Spirit. And that helped me even more. Certain things stopped, addiction stopped. And then patterns of behaviour and thought processes started to change as the Holy Spirit came and filled me afresh. Some dear people prayed for me. Dennis and Barbara Hewitt prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it changed me. I remember at the time um, going to a prayer meeting in the evening after it happened. We did an Alpha Holy Spirit afternoon, I think it was, and Dennis and Barbara prayed for me to be filled with the Spirit. And I started speaking in this other language and went to a prayer meeting in the evening. And Norman Blows, who used to lead the church, spoke a few weeks ago, was telling everyone in the prayer meeting that Ian started speaking in tongues this afternoon and everybody started applauding and clapping. And I was thinking, Why? Why are you so excited? But Because they, they knew. Those further on than me knew that, that God was, was doing a work in me. Because the Holy Spirit came. You know, Jesus said, come to me and drink. Come to me and drink, you who are thirsty. It gives me life and life in all its fullness. I thought my life was exciting before, but actually I was just a bit of a toe rag, actually. But he gives me life in all its fullness. He came, Jesus. He, he taught the greatest teachings the world has ever known. And he died. Died on the cross. See, our faith is not based on some fairy tale. Our, our faith is based on a historical event that happened. This is not pie in the sky, a historical event, Jesus actually lived, he actually died, and he actually rose from the dead. But the grave was not the end, and it's not the end for us either. At the end of Luke, Jesus says, I'm going to send you what my father promised. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. See, we don't have to live this Christian life struggling and trying to behave and trying to live up to these standards that God sets out for us. He sends us power from on high. Jesus ascended after he'd um, rose from the dead, but the promise was not yet fully fulfilled, and they waited. They went and waited, the disciples. And we learn about the coming of the Spirit in Acts some people will say that you can't get doctrine from narrative. So the book of Acts is stories, which we call narrative. But that's not true. It says that all scripture is there for our teaching. And the gospels say that the spirit will come. So if that was true, you'd be left with the gospels and the letters saying the spirit's coming and, and the spirit's come. And you're like, well, how do I know? Because you have to get it from the book of Acts. So we do. We get doctrine from this narrative. 2 Timothy says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 
then. So Acts 2 happens. If you could turn in your Bibles to Acts 2. Go from <clears throat> when the day of Pentecost from the first, from the first verse. When the day of Pentecost came, they were suddenly all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then, just skipping on a bit to verse seventeen. Peter, now filled with the Holy Spirit, addresses the crowd that before he was terrified of, and he denied Jesus. He says this, in the, he's pro, uh, quoting the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I'm starting to have dreams, I'm not quite sure what that means now. They're visions when I'm asleep, that's what it is. So I still qualify. <laughs> Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, it's not exclusive you just have to come to Jesus because it says I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters men and women <clears throat> your young men and your old men the old and the young see it's for all of us you cannot disqualify yourself from it because it is for all of us I will pour out my spirit in those days and then we see, as we work, work through the book of Acts, that we aren't necessarily, although it can happen, the Holy Spirit doesn't, we're not always baptised in the Spirit at conversion. Let's just turn quickly to Acts 8. From verse 14. It says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they, prayed, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They'd simply been baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. So it's clear there, isn't it, that there are believers in Jesus, but they have not yet been baptised in the Holy Spirit. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When you see people praying, like you did see me in that picture in Germany, laying my hands on people, that is a biblical um, thing for us to lay hands on people. In um, Acts 9 as well, we see it with Paul. He has that amazing encounter with Jesus, becomes blind, is sent to, the, to another town where a guy, Ananias, comes, lays hands on him, He's already clearly believing in Jesus, Paul. The Holy Spirit comes on him and he receives his sight. And Ananias wasn't even an apostle. And he laid hands on him. It's because it's for all of us. 
So I think it's clear from these and other scriptures about baptism in the Spirit that we don't get it all necessarily at the beginning, although it can happen. It can happen all at once. When Peter preached at Cornelius' house, they all believed and the Spirit came at once. But it doesn't always happen. And this morning, maybe you are here and you're thinking, well, I had this encounter once. This thing happened once. I met with God once that time. I, I, I felt something. I'll just say it's not always just about feelings, that we can stand on the truth of Scripture. It's not all about what we feel. It's not about having this fuzzy feeling. But actually, we can stand on the truth. He says, I will pour out my spirit. Those who call on my name will be saved. But when we come to this important um, doctrine of the Holy Spirit, it's important that we can come to the scripture and understand what it's saying and not be affected by our prejudices and traditions. Well, I, I, I learned this as I was growing up. Well, let's, I just encourage you to really go to the Bible yourself and see what it says. Sometimes it can be what we feel comfortable with. Well, this, this is a bit weird. And Adam knows me and he knows that I don't like weird. Weird things. I'm always saying that's a bit weird. But, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff in the Bible. Try reading the, the book of Revelation. That's, that's a bit weird. Um, there's talking animals. That's a bit weird. And I, I just want to really address the younger generation, really. Probably, I'm going to put myself at the, you know, the oldest bit of this younger generation. But my, my late 30s, very late. Um, <clears throat> not even, actually. I, I let go of the 30s, unfortunately. But as a younger generation, I think we are in danger of letting things slip in terms of the things of the Spirit. You know, Norman, who spoke here a few weeks ago, um, guys like him, guys like Terry Virgo, who um, started New Frontiers, they really contested for the things of the Spirit years ago. They went through stuff that we couldn't understand now, I don't think, as a younger generation. And we like to be in control. But can I just say, I, I think younger people, generation so if you're 40 or younger not saying I'm 40 but if you're 40 or, or younger I think guys you need to be pursuing this you need to be chasing after this because it's in this book and if it's, it's in this book then I want it if he's saying this is what you, you will be filled be filled go on being filled then I want this do you want this church and, of course, it goes on to the older generation. Let's not get stuck in our ways, but let's be pursuing that. Go on being filled. Present continue. And that's what it is in the, whole, in the book, in the Bible. He wants us to go on being filled. Do you want to go on being filled, church? Okay, can I ask the band to come back? And we're just going to respond to this. You know, Norman read this when he was here. It was from John 7. Thirty-seven, a well-known verse. <clears throat> it says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood in a loud voice, said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. 
Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow out. I don't know about you, but I don't always feel like I've got streams of living water coming out. It just says be thirsty. It doesn't say get it all sussed, understand it all from here. No, it says be thirsty. Can I encourage you? Be thirsty. What we're not going to do is wave a magic wand if you're not convinced. Well, I'm not convinced, but I'll see what happens. No, he says be thirsty. Can I ask you to stand? And we're going to pray. So we need to be like Moses in this Christian life. He says, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. As I was preparing this week, I felt God speak to me about two sets of people. And that was the first, what I mentioned, where the Holy Spirit comes and sets us free from patterns of behavior or addictions. I think that's today. He wants to set people free from addictions. Lord Jesus, come. We love you. If that's you, I just encourage you to put your hands out. It's just a simple sign, really, to say, between you and God, say, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done. Will you come and fill me with your Holy Spirit and set me free from whatever that might be? Will you come, Lord? I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning. Will you come and set us free from these patterns of behavior, the addictions, Lord, set free now in the name of Jesus. We say addictions go in the name of Jesus. And this is, I, I was saying for the younger generation, but I, really this is for all of us as well, but younger people as well, consider this. Just say, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for him? Because he wants, you, wants to meet with you afresh. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's say you're so welcome here. Come and fill us now afresh. As we just sing this song, just encourage you just to speak to him and say, Lord, come and fill me. Will you come and touch me again today? Come and fill me afresh. You know, it doesn't all have to be crash, bang, loud stuff. It, it can just be the sense of peace coming upon you. Doesn't have to, it's not about manifestations. It's not about noises. It can be just about the peace of God. Come, Holy Spirit. So let's just worship and respond to him. We bow down.
thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. And Lord, we confess that you are Lord this morning, Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, will you keep speaking to us? I pray for those that have responded this morning, Lord, will you speak to them now? And will you speak to them this week? Lord, help us go on being filled with the Spirit. Go on being filled. I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you want to be prayed for this morning, we're going to draw our meeting to a close now.